I saw Noel Paub. Welcome back, everyone, to Fearless in Devotion, uh, sponsored by the Fat Ball Bar and Restaurant, as you all know by now. I'm joined this week by Tim and Andy. Uh, no Liam. How are you both, gents? Well, where's this Paub come from? You've thrown me here. Paub means everyone. I'm welcoming oh, okay. everyone back. All right, we, can we discuss this in a meeting before you just throw something new in? I'm afraid not. How are you? I'm all right. I'm okay. How are you, Tim? Dog shit, mate. Dog shit. Well, there we go. A, a rare stinker of a weekend for Wrexham fans. Obviously, the men lost 1-0 away at Gillingham. The women lost 5-1 uh, to Stourbridge, although that was only a friendly, though, and it was good to see Rosie Hughes back uh, on the score sheet. Next up for them, Welsh Cup semi-final uh, on March 3rd, so big good luck for that. Um, let's turn our attention back to the men for now, though, because it was pretty pretty poor, Andy. Yeah, I went... Um... I, I quite like the the whole day. Again, you know, I keep I keep saying there's nothing like a good away day with with good pals. Got off at Rochester, had a few beers. Uh, I was really lucky. It's the sort of thing that you really get into the stand and you think, right, we're going to do something here. We're absolutely going to do something. You've got that feeling in your bones and the players. Yeah, okay. Uh, I thought the first half was fine. Um, I didn't really think we we would we would really score, but we held them at bay. And I thought, well, you know, a nil nil's not too bad. And then. One dubious free kick, we're 1-0 down. Um, and we don't really look like we're going to score. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be absolutely honest. Um, we, I mean, I, I, I've got no problem with us losing. We're going to lose games, all right? But I want to know that we've actually given it to them and we've actually laid a glove on them and they know they've been in a game. And I, I'm not really sure we, we did in the second half. I think it was, um, I think it was quite, a, quite a limp affair. If I'm being absolutely honest, Tim, you watch it on TV. What did you think? Uh, frustrating again, you know. I was looking at this before, I was like, well, I was trying to put a bit of gloss to things today. When was the last time we played really well away from home? We said the other week, probably Notts County, that was October, you know, and the rest have been like, that was a 2 0. We've won at Crawley 1 0, won at Swindon 1 0. We're just edging these little few and far between wins that we've had on the road, but. I, it was just annoying. It, it was an annoying performance because the ability is there in abundance. We can all see it. We played really well in the first half. A lot of sweeping passages of play. But what annoyed me is that it was just just lacked conviction in terms of finishing. It's like the amount of space that they were creating, but when using it wisely. Like there's a couple of occasions where you just thought, "Go on, Barney, cut inside and have a go." You know, he, he yeah, was he terrible. Didn't do that. And you just wanted him to... I mean, he lashed at one, I know. I think there was a couple of better occasions that presented themselves to him that he could have done better with. I, I, I just, It was just frustrating because you just knew that the, it was one of those classic cases, similar to Bradford, the longer it went on, they were just going to nick something. And so it proved again and such a crappy goal to give. Um, there's always a mini head loss after after a defeat. Um, but i tell you what, there's a lot riding on Tuesday against Forest Green because if we don't They've get... Win. They've got a win now. They've if got we don't win. get anything from that, yeah. then people will start quite rightly asking some questions with justification because I know we sneaked it as, as certain we made it probably harder work from it a bit than we should have done, but Forest Green have just come off a good win against Tranmere, an informed Tranmere team. So they're no mugs. They're fighting for their lives. But we have to... We Parker keeps saying, oh, we'll, we'll put things right starting on Tuesday. It's got to start at some point because we're less than two months away from the end of the season. So we're, we're now 13 running games, out. 13 games left, mate. 13 games. Six of them away. Um, a lot of them left. against slower teams. doesn't seem like many, does it? Parkey? No. Mm, um, get it serious. Yeah, no, I know. I'm, I'm, I was just a little bit disappointed we didn't play you, Luke Young. And... The yeah, what do you think that, that was about? Because he played really well, didn't he? On, uh, on oh, he was uh, so good. On he was, he covered everything. We were actually a front foot team on Tuesday night because Luke Young was actually getting it and actually turning over and making us sort of break, break the lines a little bit. And it was very, very frustrating that 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 we weren't able to do that. I think McLean and and Lee were just occupying each other's space. They're very, they're very left sided. Um, they drift to the same sort of place because that's where they're comfortable. Um, and you just wanted Luke Young to really put the foot on the ball and maybe go long if you have to, but but certainly certainly 
turn their defence around because they weren't great going forward. Jill's, Jill's just aren't a very good attacking team. But what they will do is stay in there because they're quite well they're quite well balanced defensively, and all of a sudden you give them a set play, and they, they yeah they did they did go ahead. And after they went ahead, I'll be honest, I didn't think we were going to get back into it. We haven't really seen the best of our signings yet, have we? I think it's fair to say. No. I mean, Bolton and Marriott, for example. I mean, Tim, what have you made of what we've seen so far? And you know, do, do you get the sense that you know for Marriott in particular, you know, once that sort of first goal. Once he gets a couple of goals, then we're going to see sort of him right at his best. Um, no. <laughs> um, whatever you do, don't put a tweet out saying, have we, have we kept the receipts from Marriott Bolton? Because <laughs> you get pelters for it. Oh, did As you? I found, didn't like, that. It was more tongue-in-cheek because I, I was a bit of context. Like, you know, when we had Palmer, he came in, hit the ground running, scored in his debut, impact. Um, the point I was trying to make was, Obviously, you know, you're not going to send them back. They're good players, but I'm, I'm just, I'm surprised. Can't send them back, mate. Fleet, no, we're not going to take them. Yeah, but I'm just thinking a month in with Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday games, and I'm just trying to figure out what really they've added to what we've got rid of and what's come in. There's no doubt in their pedigree. Um, Bolton was perhaps a little bit fortunate that he didn't get sent off the other day. Um, you know, took his booking, which is reckless, and then he could have got carded not long after that. Um, I, th- I think, and I said this to somebody else the other day, I think the reason that the, the spotlight is on them, particularly in Marriott, is because of the drop-off in form of the other strikers. So we're almost expecting him to come in and, and pick up where the others have fallen, dropped off a bit. And that's maybe a little bit unfair, I don't know. I get the sense that when Marriott scores, he's going to really hit the ground running. But anyway, I think it's time for us to introduce our guest for this week, um, who is a... Friend of the podcast, um, as long-suffering listeners will know. Um, he's been on many times before. Always good value. Um, Humphrey, executive director, director of the club. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? I'm in I'm in Los Angeles. Lovely. Any Wrexham artwork on the wall behind you? Um, if I if I do, if I move my head, you might be able to see just here, they've got a little miniature National League trophy uh, uh oh, replica. Lovely. I've got my Oh, right. Got various signed shirts and things hanging in different rooms around the place here, but no, this is this is the sitting room. So, yeah, not I'm not allowed to completely um, uh, wreck some bomb the walls here. <laughs> no, that's fair enough. Um, listen, Humphrey, let's get straight into it. You know, we've won two games in eight in all competitions, fallen out of the automatic promotion spots. We sit at a lowly fourth place in the table. When are you sacking? <laughs> yeah, the, when, when are you sacking the manager and the board? And when are you resigning? That's what I want to know. Well, I mean, I've tried to resign on many occasions uh, in, in the last week or so, um, uh, and have been have been turned down. Uh, yes, no, I mean, I don't know, I don't know how the first part of your conversation was. I mean, I, I obviously it's it's hard to avoid the sort of. I mean, I I'm one, someone who does look on the Twitter and the, and the, you know sometimes people very helpfully will come on my Instagram to tell me to uh, uh, you know pictures of my dog, uh, appropriate forum to uh, <laughs> to tell people to fire uh, other people from their jobs and things like that. Um, but, um, yeah, no, I, I, um, as you say, a lowly fourth place. I mean, it's, de- it's, it's, <laughs> it's devastating, it's devastating yeah. stuff. Is it, um, is it so... one of those ones where, you know, mm-hmm. we've had such a good start? Uh, I, 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 this is where I say, you know, perspective is so important because if, I think if mm. any of us here had been shown that table in August and say, would you take it? There's absolutely none of us that would have turned that down, right? It's just obviously there's a little bit of a slump going on, and those are always really frustrating, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, you know, ultimately our results since since Christmas have been, you know, not what any of us want, really, whether you're fans or whether you're your management or whether you're players or, or anything like that. So, you know, there's there's no escaping from that. I think ultimately, as you say, perspective is is important, and it's a difficult thing to gain. I mean, I think really we the events of the last couple of years have possibly, you know, put people in a position where it's like, you've got to win every single game. You know, they used used to watching the Premier League, the Premier League in the last five years, which, you know, whether we like it or not, is sort of the wellspring for a lot of our general conception of football has become this situation where it's like Man City drew a game. Well, that's their season over. You know, I mean, you, you last week it was sort of, you know, Liverpool lost against Arsenal and suddenly it was like, well, Man City have won the league. And then, and then Man City drew at West Ham and suddenly Liverpool have won the league. And, yeah, you know, I think, I think that I saw was, there was sort of a little snippet from Sky Sports that's made, made its way across my 
my internet desk of uh, you know various people talking about well March March is the key month in the Premier League and March is if if Liverpool win mm. out in March they'll win the whole thing if Manchester City they'll win the whole thing and I think it's really skewed our perspective on football you know I think going into February we all knew we, we had lots of away games we had tough away games we were expecting mm. you know I, I listen gentlemen I listen to your podcast from time to time I don't want you to get too big big headed <laughs> and um you know, I think the general consensus among amongst you and us was, well, look, we've got some, we've got a difficult run of games here. We've got to go, mm. you know, uh, away away to not uh, to Milton Keynes. Got to go away to to Gillingham. And I think, you know, lots of the kind of general conception was like those are two games that you know we can't be expecting to get much out of those games. But we've got to do well, well elsewhere. I think, from my perspective, the thing that I said yesterday in our kind of group chat was like, look, the last two. The games against Milton Keynes Dons, the game against Milton Keynes Dons and Gillingham away, both represented kind of quite a big shift from from some of the away performances we've seen previously. We had much more control of the game. We we you know created a lot of good chances. Yes, we probably should have mm. taken them, and um, we didn't. That's disappointing. But but the trend, you know, I texted Phil after Milton Keynes and said like, look, I'm sure you're really disappointed that we didn't win that game. But if we play like that in all our, our remaining away games, we're going to win more games than we're going to then we're going to lose. And, you know, the reality remains that in this division, with with the the way it kind of works this year, winning our home games and, and, and you know, drawing our away games is probably going to be good enough to get us promoted. Now, mm. um, you know, we're actually aiming a little bit higher than that. And I think that given the the run of games we've got at home to Stockport, at home to, to Mansfield. Yes, we've got mm. crew away. That's a tricky one. We, you know, our away games are, are supposedly against some of the, the lesser lights in the division, albeit, you know, a thing that we've known for the last two years is that everywhere we go, they're going to have a record crowd. It's going to be, it's going to be a cup final for them. They're going to fight tooth and nail. Nobody rolls over for us. You know, yeah. you sometimes, you know, when you're watching the highlights of other teams and divisions games, you see, teams give up in matches because they're like oh lord you know we're 2-0 down or we're 3-0 down or whatever nobody ever gives up against us we have to fight tooth and nail for everything and so actually you know having just said like well we're going to lots of the teams down the bottom they will sit in they'll make it as difficult as they possibly can I mean I thought it was interesting yesterday against Gillingham for me it looked like they were playing for a draw Gillingham they 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 were more than happy to get a draw and you know they scrapped they scrapped a goal now obviously results disappointing we wanted three points or a point we didn't get any but I think it's a sign of you go away to a playoff chasing team, um, you know, who are who were a preseason favourite, who you know got lots of resources, spent spent well. They are, you know, they celebrated like it's a, like they won the cup or something, and 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 that is, I think that those kind of perspectives from the outside tell you that generally everybody else thinks we're having a very good season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wear, I wear um, the scarf that everyone wants, right? So, yeah, I think so. I mean, like that's, that's something that we're always going to have to contend with until, until we get to a point where we are, you know, knocking or rubbing shoulders and bumping heads with, you know, big, big teams. And, and there are lots of big teams of division and, and every team of division is deserving of respect, but there are lots for whom, this, it's very exciting to have Wrexham to come to town, and not just like mm. the, I don't mean the players and the managers. They they treat every fixture the, the same way they would, but for the fans and things, and they turn out in big mm. numbers. And they, you know, we know what an effect the racecourse has on our form at home. Mm. Um, and I think Notts County at home was an was an incredible example of that because because yeah. th- that's the noisiest I've heard us all season. Um, and you could see how that roared the team on to like a very hard fought win. That's what every away team is getting. Every game, they're getting their biggest, noisiest crowd of the season, mm. and you know it, it's difficult for us to to combat that. We'd like to do it better, but you know, ultimately, yeah. at the end of the day, provided we get promoted, how we do it, I'm not too worried yes. about. Yeah, quite. Um, I, I was going to say, you know, you mentioned the WhatsApp group there. Like how how are the um, owners following it at the moment? Are they follow? I'm, I'm guessing they're sort of feeling every every kick and every and every uh, late sort of winner and equalizer that goes in. Yeah, and they and they always have. You know, I mean, they they love the. It's funny because it. Well, I say they always have. I think I think as everyone knows, they they both have gone on a bit of a journey with the football side of it. You know, the the, the objective was always to do with the the town and the team and the community and all those sorts of things. But I think they've both really fallen in love with the game so 
you know, the excitement when we score, the desolation when we concede, um, the frustration when we can't, we can't do it, all that is very real and palpable. But it's important for us to kind of make sure that we don't get too carried away with it because I think that it's, you know, we were a bit doom and gloom yesterday um, just because I think it adds to the frustration when you go somewhere and you, and you do play the way we did um, and to, you know, create a fair few chances and, and not take them, but equally sort of those frustrating moments where things broke down the final third balls get played behind people. We pass when we should shoot, we shoot when we should pass all those sorts of things can all be very frustrating, but for us, it's really important to kind of, try and zoom out and take a more macro view of everything and and live on live by seasons rather than by games i suppose as well you know tuesday'd be a big example of that because i remember thinking last week you know three away games in seven days is never easy it doesn't matter where they are on the table and you know if we'd have got six points from those three i'd have been delighted so we we went on tuesday mm. and you know suddenly everyone's a lot perkier aren't they right uh, i mean um yeah uh, yeah yeah, we're on we're on Tuesday. We're back in the automatic uh, playoff positions. Mm-hmm. You know, we 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 don't have, you know, we've had this weekend was one of those ones where I think it was last weekend was the opposite where everybody we won and everybody else fumbled, you know, fluffed their lines, and suddenly everyone's like, we're gonna yeah, we're gonna win the league, and then and then you have a week where Crew win, Mansfield win, okay, Stockport drew, um, and and we lose, and it's like, oh my god, it's you know. Parkinson, not only does he need to go, he should resign himself for this, the ignominy of uh, <laughs> the ignominy of losing a, a football match, um, a thing that's unheard of. Uh, so, right. yeah, you know, as you say, win on Tuesday, we're, we're right back mm-hmm. sort of where we want to be. We'd be within what it, what it works out as now. We, it, it would put us, um, you know, uh, well, within touching distance of of the of the top of the of the league, I can't remember what the exact number is, and um, without looking at the league now. So yeah, we just got to you know ultimately we've got to keep doing what we're doing, win games, you know, get promoted. Humphrey, can I change the the, the angle a little bit? Um, where are we on the cop? Uh, so. I think I'm right in thinking that we've not really signed the heads of terms with the council at the moment, uh, but is everything else in place? I know WST, you've uh, I've surrendered the lease, the Transformers done, I think. Is, is mm. am I right in thinking there? Yeah, we've so we've ticked off a lot of the things that, that we need to do. I mean, ultimately, part of it is is gearing up to find you know outside financing and stuff like that as well, because because the council are paying for a big chunk of it. We need to find another big chunk of it. Um, and that was something that kind of couldn't start in earnest until various hoops had been jumped through, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, I mean, we're still, our objective is still, you know, to get started at the end of the season, basically. So um, it's not, you know, we haven't quite crossed all the T's and dotted all the I's, but that that remains the objective. So um, I know we sort of said that maybe the uh, the temporary sand isn't making money. I mean, I, I find that quite quite surprising, actually, because... You know, it's full all the time. So, could you sort of take me through why why it isn't? Why well, it, it actually so, so the the longer it's up for, obviously the more the, the more it pays for itself, basically. Right. So so when we um, you know, and, and obviously now you will have seen it's now being sponsored. So so that's another thing that has that has added to that. So you know, without the sponsorship, without this, you know, you've got operation operating costs. We have to staff it. We have to do this. That, the other, you know, it had a it had a base level of cost at the start. I think if we had just kept it uh, open, operational uh, through to the end of the season, that didn't quite uh, uh, clean its own face or whatever the, whatever the phrase is. Um, yeah, right. That's a phrase, isn't it? I think um, yeah, it is now. Yeah, I, I was going to say yeah, I've never sure. heard of it, but I'm happy. I'm I happy mean, wipe it. Its, wipe its own face. I think is is it wipe oh. its own face. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, you're I cleaning. So. I mean, when you're wiping, you're cleaning. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Certainly, yeah. I am. I'm rarely wiping without cleaning. Um, <laughs> and uh, the yes, so, so the four wall sponsorship basically has has meant that that's a, that's a chunk of money that that has I think tipped it over into into profitability at this at this stage. Um, you know, obviously, we don't want it open next season. We want to be getting on with with building. But if you know, God forbid, it is open next season, then then we'll be we'll be making money there. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't mean it's to great. Be the guy who gives you the difficult questions, but where no, are you with the training ground? Um, oh gosh, yes, the, the real, the real hat trick. And uh, <laughs> again, still, still searching for, still searching for appropriate spaces. I, I know, as it happens, that um, 
And this is this has been a big toy conversation around around the building for us and and at board level of late. So I think that we've you know assembled the the candidates for for different sites, and a big conversation about that is due like this week, basically, um, uh, as in starting tomorrow, Monday, whenever people people listen to this. Yeah, fair enough. Today. Um, going back to sort of injuries maybe um i want to like concentrate on the football a little bit and so mm. i want to talk about paul mullen he's not started the last three games obviously he's our talisman he's our our, our our sort of star man do you think that injury that he suffered in in pre-season maybe affected him a little bit more than than he let on i think the big thing about it and my guess would be is that paul missed a you know big chunk of pre-season off the back of that and and that is often where you are building that kind of brutal core fitness that that you know you associate with with professional footballers. Um, I think you know weirdly uh, the base level that gets laid down there for for your fitness is is critical to the rest of the season, and that got heavily disrupted with Paul. Obviously, he's had a lot of time to recover since then. But you know, I think there, there. He's also been carrying some other knocks and uh, and bruises and, and bumps of late. So there's been a kind of there's been a, a palpable effort. I mean, injuries have been so weird for us this year because we yeah. they've come in kind of clusters, and they've clustered in particular positions. So we obviously had that that period where we had you know um, uh, Aaron Tunney, Owen O'Connell uh, all out at the same time. Um, uh, then now currently it's it's central midfield that seems to be where we're we're really light um with uh, with George and JJ um Tommy's out as well who's who you know I, I should have added him he's in both camps for for that thing uh, for those injuries so it's been it's interesting one thing i will say because again i sometimes look on the internet uh, statistically our injury stuff is is actually very good. Um, it, it always seems like everybody thinks their team is really suffering from an injury crisis, but actually, you know, we've missed a lot more minutes uh, per player in the squad than pretty much anyone else in the division, and, and and those numbers stack up very well going up through through the whole of the EFL. So, you know, Kevin, his team, I think, are doing an amazing job of of getting everybody back. We often get players back faster than than we were expecting. But yeah, it's definitely, I think it's disrupted us. There's no question of that in, in different periods. You know, there was a point at which everyone was like, you know, our attacks, attacking midfields are working great. Defense is, defense is a bit shambolic. Defense has been really strong, I think, in the last in the last few weeks. Um, you know, I think uh, Max has done brilliantly. I think Owen's done brilliantly since he's come in. I really feel for Boyley because I think he, you know, did great when he came back in and, and then, you know, got a, got a red card that was, you know, I'm going to say questionable. Uh, um, I think that's probably as far as I can get away with um, uh, because it's, because it's um, lots of people like it's not questionable, not questionable at all. Um, and then, you know, yellow card, two yellow cards the other day, I think was, you know, there are lots of situations in which you're not seeing a player being sent off for the offences uh, uh, given there. So I think he's been very unlucky. And again, yesterday I thought that, that you know, uh, Max Owen and Tunney did brilliantly. So, de- so defensively, I think we've been very strong at a, at a point at which, you know, injuries further forward and the, up the pitch have, have hampered some of our uh, our attacking prowess. So, yeah, you know, I mean, I think when we're, we've got everyone together, we've got everyone fit, when everyone's firing, then we're, we're a different prospect. And I think Paul, you know, I know from talking to him, you know, he's he's disappointed with, with the way the season's panned out for him personally. But I think that there's... You know, very real possibility that you'll see him come back with a full preseason next season, um, you know, fully recovered, and he'll bang a load of goals in in League One. Just, just touching on Humphrey, what you said there about you mentioned Will Boyle and, and the sending off. Um, when we won the league last year, I'm pretty sure we were top of the of the Fair Play League. Um, yeah, that played a. Big, I personally think that played a big part in in keeping that group together, keeping that that sort of fluidity, if you like. We're not anywhere near top of the of the fair play league this no. year. Is, is is that? Do you feel that that has has hindered the team? As well? we can mention the injuries as well, but surely whether it's because it's a more physical nature league too, I don't I don't know. I don't just interested to see what your thoughts were on that. Um, I think 
I mean, listen, I think, I think first of all, no, the philosophy hasn't changed at all. So, so you know, the, I don't think we've suddenly become a, a group of dirty players overnight or Phil saying, like, you've got to put, you know, put a few equalisers in on them early to make them know they're in a game or any of those sorts of things. I mean, when you look at the kind of the nature of, of the sendings off, I think they have been... I think the speed of the league has maybe surprised one or two, even players who are used to playing in in uh, in League Two or, or League One or whatever it is, who've then done a season in the National League where you perhaps have a little bit more time. Um, you know, they've just been caught out in in certain situations. You know, I think of back to like George Evans's red card. Um, you know, that was one where you know he just goes to play the ball and doesn't the guy gets his his ankle in front of it. Like it's it's. You know, I think it's I think it's sending off because I think he's out of control. But I think it's it's one where normally he nicks that ball away from someone who's you know late on him or whatever it may be. And I just think some of those some of those situations we've been we've been we've been saying unlucky. I also think you know there's a lot of pressure on these players. There's a lot of pressure to perform, as we talked about, as as we first alluded to. You know, there's a you know unless we win every single game, we're we're losing. And I think sometimes they've let that pressure get to them maybe and, and a desire to, to win the ball or a desire to, to do something has, has caused them to make a mistake. Um, I think that, you know, I think it's, I, I will say the final thing I'll say is I do truly think, and I know I've seen Phil mention this, so I think I can get away with saying this. I do think there's an area where we suffer sometimes is there's so much speculation around Wrexham and referees and, are we given an easy ride? Are we given this? Is there a, oh, Disney are paying for this? Blah, 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 blah. And I do think that sometimes referees are really eager to be seen, to not be being affected by the big reputation team or by the crowd or by the whatever, because there's there's definitely been a few instances of stuff. I mean, funnily enough, George, I think the last game George played for us, he got absolutely smashed from behind. I mean, like an absolutely crazy challenge, like scissoring straight through him into, you know, studs up on him. And it wasn't even a free kick. And, and I mean, I, I was absolutely flabbergasted by that because it was, you know, it, it doesn't have to be a red card. The idea that that wasn't a free kick to me felt like a situation where like that's someone overcompensating for something. I mean, you see that. So looking back at MK Dons, Dean Lewington, Dean Lewington, Lewington, whatever, whatever they're sent to. Yeah, the guy who stamps on uh, Andy. Yes, right. I mean, incredibly obvious, clear stamp on, on Andy Cannon. Nothing happens. So he then gets sent off for over, over remonstrating with the referee. Well, that to me smacks maybe a referee thinking, oh, I should have done something about that earlier. I'm going to overcompensate here. You know, just those strange decisions, you know, yeah. Boily getting sent off. You're like, mm, you you were quite keen to kind of, to tie that one up, you know, potentially like you weren't sad. You had an opportunity to get, make it 10 v 10. So is it why Ollie Palmer uh, repeatedly gets rugby tackled to the ground as well? And no one seems well, to ever yes. do anything. <laughs> and I mean, Paul, the, 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 um, I saw Mark Griffiths in commentary saying about, uh, you know, what a challenge on Paul yesterday. If that's not a foul, then I'm a hat rack. And I, I do agree that, you know, Paul does on, on occasion, you know, Paul makes the most of things. That's part of the modern game. That's that's we see players do it against us week in, week out. But I do think there are lots of situations where we're seeing him getting absolutely tossed all over the place. And because referees have decided that, oh, he's, you know, he's a he's a tricky one or he does X, Y, and Z, he gets given a very tough time. Ollie has the challenge that I had when I played, which was that you, when you're as tall or bit bit, you know, a big or let's be honest, as as beefcake hunky as we both are, um, you you get very little off referees because they always think if you get knocked over, they're like, well, come on, you're a big lad. Like you, you should be able to handle that. And say, like, right. Well, I, I can't. That's why, <laughs> that's why I fell over. Cause that, that man over there tripped me up referee. Um, <laughs> and, and I do think that, you know, you see that time. I mean, Peter Crouch is another one, like big, big tall strikers often don't get that much off referees. I think that's my conspiracy theory. Hmm. Yeah. The bigger they are, the harder they fall and all that sort of stuff. That's it. Um, that's it documentary not a million miles yeah. away from season no. three um, obviously a little bit earlier than what we were perhaps everybody was perhaps expecting is that just to mm. kind of help maintain the sort of momentum of everything and and to keep everybody uh, informed of how things are going kind of you know as it is as opposed to having to wait yeah, yeah I think I think one of the things that they uh, you know the documentary gang all kind of were a bit frustrated about was that, you know, we 
obviously won the title in, in May. It was incredibly exciting. And then we couldn't share that, those moments until, you know, whenever it was October, you know, and, and, and by that stage, we're often finding that viewers of the documentary are a bit confused as to what's going, you know, they don't, because of the, they think it's happening kind of in real time. Um, and so, you know, there's just a desire to try and bring those two things into closer alignment. So, you know, I think the idea is that, you know, the finale would only be a few weeks after the end of the season, basically. So you're, you're, what you're going to be watching is is in pretty real time. Wow. Okay. And I, I know when I when I spoke to you at the uh, Gersel Reds thing, I think you'd seen some of the earlier episodes, and you said that. Mm. I mean, you've obviously seen a lot of it. How's it stacking up for you? Is it is it is uh as good as the others just is, 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 there's going to be different character arcs and so on yeah well of the episodes that i've seen i so i've seen the first three so far and i think one of the things that i'm liking a lot about these ones is how much kind of inside the dressing room stuff there is which i know is something that that you know, like collectively that. the four of us like that kind of stuff we're football fans we like seeing you know what's going on and for me you know i I very rarely go in the dressing room. If I do, it's sort of there's something that I have have to get off one of the players right before the game, or like sometimes I might. I, I don't think I've ever been in after a game, um, because I always feel like that's quite a sacrosanct space. Really, I don't think you know any Tom, Dick, and Harry should go wandering in in there. Um, and um, so I love seeing all the kind of like, oh, it's half time at, at uh, you know. I think there's a bit of. Do we get a bit of halftime at MK Dons? I can't remember. But it's it's kind of, you know, you're seeing some of the some of the you know, the real coal face of of what it means to play for this football club, what it means to manage this football club. And I think that you know, I'm very confident that most of the people that make the make the time to listen to this podcast will really enjoy those those bits. Very good. Um I think um before I talk- of my sort of final question before I chuck it back to the other guys. Um, with that as well, I think obviously you see the documentary crew knocking around and asking questions and certain things. And I think one of the ones that in recent weeks, especially during this kind of leaner spell of, of results, I think that some of the, the, the questions that were being asked of fans was around Phil Parkinson. It's like, you know, mm. what do you think of this? What do you think of that? And, and it's a slightly different angle which is right you know because it, it can be all sweetness and light and flowery and this that and the other and mm-hmm. so there is going to be something that, whether it makes the cut or not i don't know but it's quite interesting to have that different um approach to things really especially when you know there's people aren't used to seeing rex and losing so the, the question is being yeah by by the documentary to to some of the fans i mean is that was, was that has that surprised you that that's been put out there or is it just a case of no I well, mean, you've, got, I, you've got you've got to allow all, all opinions i suppose well it's got to be reflective of what's going on i mean you know the the, the reality is that i mean again i think it's as important for the documentary and, and documentary makers and documentary viewers as it is for any of us to put it into perspective right this is you know since we took over we have not had a bad season you know the 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 first season you know we finished second that's disappointing that wasn't the objective but it's not it's not a bad season, you know, last season, obviously great. We love that. This season is shaping up to be a a very good season. But I think even if we were, God forbid, to miss out on automatic promotion and go into the playoffs, that has to be a good season. At some point, probably we're going to have a bad season. We are, we are going to have a thing where we, 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 you know, whether that's in league one or the championship or, or wherever, where, it's not going well where we are, you know, we're losing most weeks where, where things are a challenge. And I think it's incredibly important that we all collectively are mentally prepared for that. You know, I often talk about when I first went to watch Liverpool, which was prior to my, my time with Wrexham was, was the team that I took an interest in, shall we say. Um, I started going there in about, I think 2001 was the first game I, I, I went to see there. And it was it was a strange old place because it was it was a place of a massive hangover of you know 25 30 years of, of dominating uh english and european football and everybody re- really struggled with the fact that liverpool weren't that weren't that great anymore um and you know they weathered weathered that storm uh, storm in which they you know won a european cup and won fa cups and did all sorts of things 
but that period in which you know Liverpool fans are like oh this is these are the doldrums we've got you know um, uh, what's his name Paul Koncheski playing at left back and Roy Hodgson's the manager and oh my god it's all terrible but it's obviously come back around to a period of like you know the last 10 years since Klopp got in there of, of you know some of the best times that club's ever enjoyed so there will be ebbs there will be troughs you know I was thinking about this watching the Carabao Cup today you know Chelsea obviously had that you know insane period where they were so good right now they've got their richest creases but they can't seem to work out what they're doing they're signing all these players for hundreds of millions you know, it just seems like a a little bit of a shambles in some respects. Um, and, you know, ultimately, I think the documentary has got to has got to reflect what's happening right now. We can't just constantly be be rose tinted goggles because it'll the, that bump back down to earth will be even more brutal if it's like everything's great. Everyone's having a brilliant time. We're the best team in the whole universe. Um, you know, you as I said, you see some of the reactions right now to us us uh, not being 20 points ahead in, in League Two in our first season back in the league. Before I asked you about a US tour, Humphrey, what is that yeah. tattoo you've got on your upper right arm that you've just glimpsed through? I didn't know you Oh, this one? Look at that. Yeah, oh, this wow. is, it's, it's like a woodcut of, woodcut of some beans. That's my nickname for my wife. So I got uh, beans tattooed on my arm. Is that you? No, this is very old. I've had this, I don't know, what is this, 10 years old or something now? Maybe. Oh, okay. I've got this one as well, which looks like sort of, it looks a bit white power. It's not. I, I was, I was about to say. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, it is a, it's a, it's a, a Viking symbol of a raven. And there's okay. a long and boring story behind it. But I. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a good job your hand was at that angle. Yes, you've got to find the right angle to, to do. Yes, yeah, yeah. I was, I got it years ago. I mean, ten, again, 10 years ago or something like that. And I, I was very, very proud of it. And then showed a friend of mine who was like, is that not, it looks like a sort of, uh, SS Panzer Division uh, symbol. <laughs> they paint on the side of their tanks. I was like, uh, well, it's not. It's not. And it's not supposed to be. Humphrey, really Humphrey, I'm going to jump in on the US because I've got a vested interest in it. So I want to know, right, I'm definitely going to go, right? I want to know where am I going? Come on. Come on. Plan my route so I can get top, a cheap top red Andy. Uh Okay. Um, what can I tell you? Let's see. So your route, you live in London, don't you, Andy? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, so you want to get on the Elizabeth line to Heathrow, um, okay, probably, or maybe maybe the the Piccadilly line, depending on I don't know exactly where you live. Well, I'm, um, I'm, and I'm then pretty, I'm pretty cheap, so I think uh, I think the Piccadilly yeah. line is going to be better for me. This, this is the 150 more... road, by the way. So a bit a bit of okay. juicy exclusive gossip will not go amiss. Oh, thank blimey. you. No, um, well, you know you're. <laughs> Um, you may go. Oh, what am I allowed to say? Not a lot, unfortunately. Which so terminal? I'm trying to think of what. Um, uh, terminal. Well, depending on which airline you're on, uh, three or five. It won't be BA, mate. It won't be BA. Don't worry about that. Okay, so probably three. Um, and um, yeah, you should um, you should book a flight to America. <laughs> there you go. Just go, well, go to Kansas. Go for right, Dan. Humphrey. Dan. Any, oh yes, that's a good idea. Say, are we going to be crisscrossing? Are we going to be crisscrossing sort of um, like, you know, the whole of North America or are we one, of the, one of the objectives? One of the objectives we've had is all, all like all, all I can say. So one of the objectives we've had is to is to to increase the amount of time we'll be able to spend training and the yeah. amount of time we'll be able to spend, you know, concentrating on, on matches rather than travel, if that makes right. sense. That's so it. so there will still be an element of travel, certainly. But we realized that actually probably with the resources we have where well, we don't have a giant branded you know private jet um like Chelsea or Arsenal or someone um it's probably best for us that we minimize the amount of time we have to spend on sort of you know cross country flights and this that, and the other I right. want to know if, if we're going to see max max clue with um, Mark and Lionel Messi is that going to happen <laughs> that's what we want to see. I don't what think so. <laughs> I don't think so, but I, I would, you know, I think Max would, would take that in his stride. Yeah. Right. Let's, let's, Andy, you can strike Miami off your list. Let's stop putting uh, Paul Humphrey in uncomfortable positions where he's uh, he's forced to think of something to say. Um, let's move on. Thank you for your time, Humphrey. Quickly, <laughs> if, you, if you're willing to stay with us for an extra five minutes, we'd be grateful. Um, you say sure. you, listened to the, you listen occasionally to the podcast. Are you familiar with something that has inexplicably become a regular feature, which is the Book of a Conquil? I regret to inform you that I am very aware of it. Okay. Uh, I think it's time that we come on to that now, Tim, get it over with. Um, as we've got, we've got an honoured guest here. 
Can you um what one Tim? What, what one? I mean, I'll be honest, I'm 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 not gonna do what was voted for this week because I've had man flu. Oh. I haven't got the pipe I haven't got the pipes for it because Ness and Dorma was voted in by some sick, sick elements of our fan base. So they voted for Andy's um Andy's effort, uh, which as I said, I'm not gonna do this week, but I will do next week. I'm gonna prep for it, I'm gonna try and get my best Pavarotti chops on. However, however, I will do my level best. And seeing as Humphrey's now brought the dog in, I've, I've got to make sure that the dog doesn't get scared by this. A bit of a treat for everyone. Well, I've got headphones in, so he can't hear anything. Classic, classic case, right? Is if you can't beat them, join them. So we all know at the moment the whole Aconquo thing has gone down to the tequila tune, blah 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 blah. So I've come up with the lyrics to the actual tune. Which you know, the lyrics that nobody's going to use, the lyrics that nobody's going to need, the lyrics that nobody really needs to hear. But I came up with this about eh, an hour ago. There, I'll give or take. So bear with me on this one, okay? Bear, bear with me because this is the first time I've just going to blast it out. He came to the town from Arsenal. He came to the town on loan. He came to replace Ben Foster. Don't ever want to let him go. Don't let him go. <laughs> Don't let him go. He plays in goal. Sign him on a 10-year deal. Oconquo. Come on. That's not bad. Not bad. That was worthy of the 150th episode of this uh, August podcast. Put it oh in the God. awards folder. Oh, I put it in the awards folder. Yeah, it is. It's he came to the town from Arsenal. Wow. He came to the town alone. He came to replace Ben Foster. Don't ever want to let him go. Don't let him go. Don't let him go. He plays in goal. Sign him on a 10-year deal. A conquest. He, play, he plays in goal. Saved that because I was worried about it. And then I, that made me laugh a bit. Okay. Well, as long as it gets, yeah. it gets a few um, belly yeah. laughs on, on minor titters, then that's fine. Mm. Not Tim, if I could, anyone. if I could give you some advice as a as a uh, as a performer of your a, a treasure of, of the board, yes, don't don't do yourself down. Don't let these snakes, uh, um, you know, cover up your shine or whatever whatever the phrase is. Don't let them rain on your parade. Dull your you know, sparkle. You should, yes, because you know, we we the audience, you know, we we want to know we're in for a treat, right? So you telling you also shouldn't tell us that what you're about to do is terrible. Uh, you should be bigging uh, it up. Sell it. Look at Donald Trump. Yeah. That's his. That's his master power, right? Is that he just tells everyone everything he does is brilliant, and loads of people believe him. Okay, well, now, look, even it, when it, it's not. This this podcast, if you if you're hashtagging, will have the words "white power" in Donald Trump. And <laughs> it's all a bit. It's the word the word SS cloud Panzer. is. Yeah, look, the word well, cloud um, is a bit dis- disappointing. Uh, that's good advice. I'll take it on board for next week. We'll try and deliver some hype. Um, um, Reese, before we do, before we do predictions, uh, yeah. can I just sort of say, if you want a free copy of the Fearless and Devotion fanzine, just email me, Andrew Gilpin. Has it got to the point com. where you're begging for free ones now to get them oh, away? No, I'm giving them for free, Reese. I mean, I'm, I'm not making any money out of this. Oh yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah I've sorry. got two boxes in my shed. I'm going to give them out. I've, I've, got, I've got a copy already, Andy. Thank you. It's really sweet for you. But that's, that's fine. That's fine. Andy um, just wants like... to talk to people. He just wants to email people. So please email just him. Want some pen pals. Yeah. Um, but no. Good. Well. Well mentioned, Andy. Let's let's go on to predictions. Um. Quickly, Tim. Do we have a message from Neil to play out? Or should we play it next week? No, we've we've got it. We we do have it. Um. It's, it's a quick one. So yeah, Neil, our friend Neil Smith, uh, did a a, a walk from uh, Denby to Old Trafford in memory of his late brother. Um, raised over five grand for the Mind Charity. Here's his message of thanks. Hello to the fearless and devotion lads. Um, thank you again for for letting me on here to uh, talk about my brother and our, our adventure. Um, as everyone probably know, man, man and Adam's brother uh, passed away uh, early December, and we we after the funeral we decided to raise money for something and obviously it was it was going to be mined which do fantastic work for um mental health and as people that knew chris uh, knew his um conditions and he suffered from mental health so um what we did was we we uh, we took chris's ashes and we walked from denby where he lived to uh, old trafford and it was 60 miles uh, over three days, and when we got there, Man United couldn't have been couldn't have been nicer to us. They showed us everywhere. We, they walked through the tunnel. It was fantastic. I just want to say thank you to everyone 
to the fearless listeners, the people I know around Wrexham and the world, it seems, that have donated towards our mind charity uh, altogether. We've raised uh, over seven grand. So as you can think, my, my family and me uh, just want to say thank you so much and uh, just very proud to know every single one of you. And I'm sure Chris uh, would be proud as well. So Diochavado, um, carrying the cracking work boys up the town. And again, thank you everyone, really. So yeah, there's Neil. I'm very proud of him. Oh man. Um, yeah, that's great. Yeah, so you can you can still go on his uh his just giving page. Um if I can find it. Uh yeah. If you go yeah, there's a just giving thing off. You go on his on his Twitter. Um you can find him at WXM Smith. Um you can find all of his details there for the just giving site. So yeah, a, a proper stellar effort and um yeah, managed to get the message on. Uh, so yeah, thanks to Neil for that. Top man, well done, Neil. Um, really good effort. Um, let's uh, close this up now by doing predictions. Um, so we've got Forest Green on Tuesday, and then on Saturday we've got Accrington Stanley at home. Um, Andy, why don't you go first? Right. Um, he's not excited for the last three games. Unleash the Mullin. Unleash him uh, against Forest Green. Um, I think even if he's not, yeah, well, obviously he's he's a bit out of form. Yeah, we know that. But you know, the threat of him is worth more than than anything. And I think I think actually, I think we're going to win. I think it's going to be tight. I think it's going to be two one. And then on Saturday, I think with that confidence throwing through us, I think it's going to be a little bit easier. You just got that whole that whole sort of home team sort of dance there. Um, Four sides again. The four walls stand, which we know it now. Um, I reckon that's going to be two 0 Nice, Tim. Uh, yeah, I think um, I think we'll see more changes again. And you know, a lot of people saying, "Oh, well, you know, chopping and changing, disrupting the team." But, but that's what you're going to get with a, with squad depth. That's what you're going to get. That's what happens. So you know, we're no different to any other team. And you can't keep playing the same 11 over and over and over because they'll just get burnt out. So I think we will edge it at Forest Green. They will give it all. They've come off on a very good win, but I think we'll nick it. Just going in the going off our other away wins tend to be by 1-0. So I'm going to follow that suit with that and go for a 1-0 win at Forest Green. Accrington with their fans coming down with their nice discounted tickets by Fiverr, I think it was. Um, I think... Home home advantage again, obviously, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. The fourth wall, as Andy said, um, I think that'll be 2-0 and we'll have back-to-back clean sheets, which will be nice, which will be nice. So, yeah, I'll go with that one. That would be lovely. I'll go next. Um, I think Dale Vince's eco-warriors are going to hold us to a draw on Tuesday night. I'll be there and I've got a terrible record this year, which is why I'm not very confident of a win. Um, but I think it'll be a solid performance, say one all, and then I'm gonna join everyone's uh everyone in their confidence and say we'll we'll do Akron Stanley three one. I've never heard of them anyway. So um Humphrey, what about you? <laughs> um I mean I'm very nervous about making score predictions, but uh mm. I will I will say that I think that we will I'm confident that you know we'll win both games. I think I think the the most recent away performances have pointed towards uh, much more control of games, much more uh, understanding. You know, we're struggling with injuries. We're we're very light. I mean, that's I think the reason why Paul is is uh, is not starting is not form. It's more to do with managing his minutes, um, as we are across the board. So you know, my big prediction is that is that Sean will will um, Sean Harvey and Andy Holt from Accrington Stanley will shoot daggers at each other across the boardroom. That's the one thing I know will definitely happen. Um, yeah, so nice. um, wanted to be correct in my in my predictions. So yeah, I think we'll win both games. I think we will. Uh, everyone will be back on a high on Saturday, thinking we're we're the best team in the universe. And yeah, um, uh, yeah that's, that's what I'm pushing. I think they should we... settle it. Good old fashioned arm wrestle. That'd be good. I, I suggested I was... they should just get like get the William Aston Hall and get a ring in there, and then just just go at each other in front of a paying audience. I was going to say, failing that, could we? Could you ask him if he'll come on the podcast for us? We'll get Andy Holt and we'll do a 
episode one five one. You know, you get just just have it out, and we'll just watch. Um, yeah, I'm him. back for Accrington, so I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to be very very jet lagged, but I'm gonna I'm gonna be there. Good man. We're looking forward to seeing you there. Um, thanks to anyone for listening. As regular listeners will know, we no longer have an email address, so please don't email us. Uh, no, uh, no, we do, we do. Um, do yeah, he, he does like forward. The guy who owns our email address does actually forward stuff onto us. <laughs> he doesn't <laughs> own it. The least prepared sort of podcast. So, uh, okay, the, sorry, the, the email address that might get through to us via a third party is fidzine uh, at gmail.com. Or you can just. Fanzine. If you want a fanzine, andrewgilpinahotmail.com. I will send you anywhere in the world. Doesn't matter. Just cover your postage. <laughs> and it sounds so terrible. That's great. Uh, thank you, Andy. It's very generous of you. Um, lastly, yeah, if you want to get in contact, it's probably better, best to DM Phyllis and Devotion on X, previously Twitter. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and goodbye. Cheers. Bye.